Our entire journey as business owners is solving problems and making improvements. What if I told you there are two major mistakes that when made almost always lead to failure in solving a problem or making an improvement? There are two that stand out more than any other, and I'll tell you what they are in just a minute. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So imagine you're getting ready to start a weight loss journey. Uh, as a person who's, who's uh, done this many times in my life, I can tell you kind of how this goes. You got a plan. You have a compelling reason to be successful. Maybe you got your daughter's wedding coming up or something like that. You have a big, important event. You have the support of your family and your spouse. You don't have any major obstacles like vacations getting your way. Success is quite attainable. You know you want to weigh, let's say, 175 pounds by the time your daughter's wedding rolls around in May. What are the chances you wouldn't weigh yourself on day one? Pretty slim, right? No pun intended. Of course you would weigh yourself. That's just how we do it. Now, all right, let's imagine now you're going to make an investment in marketing. You need an additional $25,000 in revenue each month. You have the capacity for more work. You have a kick-ass offer. You have a marketing message you believe in. You have the delivery method you know will work. Let's say it's going to be Google AdWords in this case. You're very confident this campaign is going to be a success. And you know your average ticket is $1,470. So to get that $25,000, you need 17 more service calls in a month. What are the chances you would just throw a random amount of money at that campaign? As in, you literally just randomly pick a number to spend each month for the first few months. Maybe I'm going to spend $568. Maybe I'm going to spend $12,342. Maybe I'll spend $6,300 because $63 is my lucky number. That sounds absolutely insane, right? You would, of course, have an anticipated ROI, return on investment, of your marketing dollars to get to your $25,000 more revenue goal. Most of you know that you can expect to spend, let's say, 7.5% or maybe 5%, maybe even 15% of marketing uh, revenue on marketing. But you know what your anticipated ROI is. So when it comes to marketing, you know what a quote-unquote good spend is. This is a phrase I, I uh, learned many years ago from a vice president. He would talk about what is a good spend Meaning this is this makes money and a bad spend does not make money. If on average, you know, if you average seven and a half percent and you start a, a campaign that costs 14%, you know that's not a good spend. That's not a good price to pay for the additional revenue. It's almost costing you almost double. And depending on your margins, it might not even make sense to do the work. Like you would break even or lose money. So a good spend is when it fits within your understanding of what your ROI should be, and a bad spend is when it doesn't. So These are the two most common ways people set themselves up for failure when trying to improve something. First thing is they do not measure their starting place or starting performance before they embark on this improvement journey. Meaning 
I know we suck at this thing, whatever it is we want to get better at. Okay. And we want to get better and we'll be better when we're, when we're bit, you know, there's that, uh, this non-descriptive, like where we at and where we want to go. Or there is maybe we want to get to a 90% close rate, but we don't measure our starting close rate. This is, this is absolutely common and, and it leads to failure more often than not. We don't, we don't, if we don't measure our starting place, we give up all the benefits that we, we, we can get from that. And this, this is a key thing that is hard to remember in the moment because we just want the improvement. We just want things to get better. We have to measure our starting place performance. And the other thing is we don't determine what the problem. The second thing is we don't determine what the problem costs. So we can't ever know what a quote unquote good spend is to fix it. So let's start with the first one. Why do we measure ourselves? Why do we weigh ourselves when beginning this journey of losing weight? Well, we want to feel progress. We want to stay motivated. We want to learn what's working, what's not working. We want to have accountability. All of those are the same reasons that we would want to, to measure our performance. We want to fix something in our company. Do we want our people to feel progress when they're getting better? Yeah. Do we want them to stay motivated? Yep. Do we want to to learn what works and, and find different ways to improve and, 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 you know, do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do we want accountability. Yep. So why would we skip this step and tell people to do things differently? Not offering motivation, not offering the ability to have a sense of progress, not having the ability to hold each other accountable, not having the ability to learn what works and what doesn't. Often it's because the business owner concludes they will just know when it's gotten better enough. As if that's ever going to happen. If we want to improve our close rate, we don't measure where we start. When exactly would the business owner decide things have gotten good enough? They wouldn't. If we were closing 100%, they would raise their prices. They should. It's crazy to think we'll just decide one day we've gotten better enough. But if we if we measure where we start, let's say we're at 62% close rate, we start, we would have the ability to establish a reasonable and attainable goal people would support like maybe 80%. So if we had a, a problem with our close rate and we came to our team and said, we need to improve our close rate or we asked them, what do you think we can do to get better? They say, we got to improve our, improve our close rate. Awesome. Okay. One of the first things we got to figure out is where are we at? If we think we got to improve it, like where is that? Where are we at? We can't just say, well, we got to get better and we'll know when we do. That's ludicrous. It's not much less ludicrous to say, we need to be an 80% close rate and we'll start tracking that when we think we're getting pretty close. <laughs> like, would you do this for your weight loss thing for your daughter's wedding? Would you say, I want to weigh 175 pounds in May for her wedding, and I'm not going to start weighing myself until I think I'm getting pretty close? No. And if we if we talk to them and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to see where we are. We're going to take the time to go back and look at the last month and measure our starting performance. And okay, we learned we're at 62%. And we set a goal for 80%. Part of what we need to learn is, how fast can we make progress? Is is 80% something we can do without too much trouble? In which case, then maybe we could bump it to 90%. That's great. Or is 80% like, hey, we're three weeks in. We've only gone to 64%. Let's shorten up our, our goal to 75% and get there a little faster and have a win. Maybe that's something we would look at. We, we want this to be enjoyable for people. We want them to want to do this. We want them to feel progress. We want them to be able to be accountable. Like if we could have all those things, that's like Yahtzee. And we, we shoot ourselves in the foot right out of the gate by not establishing our baseline or starting performance. And there's not anything I can imagine. I can, there's nothing I can think of that we can't measure 
if it's something we care enough about to get better at, we have to be able to measure it. Otherwise, you know, what, how would you, how would you know what success looks like? How would you know, how would you know, how would you be able to tell people when we did it or didn't do it? Like these are, these are the, the, this is one of the major ideas that people struggle with business owners struggle with managers struggle with is explaining to people what success looks like. And one of the major reasons you've heard me talk about this before, one of the six reasons, the number one of the six reasons people don't do things is they can't explain what success looks like. So we can't walk around saying we need to have a good close rate. What the heck does that mean? Let's say we need to have an 80% close rate. People can wrap their heads around that. They can aim for that. They can't aim for a quote unquote good close rate. And they can't have a sense of progress if we don't have a beginning and an ending. We can't, we got to have a baseline. Here's our starting place. And here's what we're aiming for. Right. And, and taking away all these tools and all these benefits that we would want if we're going to get better at something like weight loss is a, you know, a, a non-work related example. There's a reason we do this. And, and when we don't do it, we, we are way less likely to be successful. So the first one is whatever it is. And I remember uh, I was working with a guy. Um, he had a, a particular thing where um, they did estimates and then you'd have to do a follow-up estimate. It was a two-step estimate process. And they were having problems getting the second step done on time. And so he so said, we got to get better at that. Okay, well, what, what better how? What, what, was, what would better look like? Well, we need to get, we got to be doing this like 100% of the time. Okay, where are we at now? I have no idea. I just know we're not doing it very well. Okay, well, let's find out how you're doing it. Well, well I'd have to measure that. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, we have to do that. That's, that's part of what we have to do. And so what he discovered was they were doing it about 75% of the time. And the people were like astonished when they found out how poorly they were doing this. And what do you know, immediately, Pretty soon they're doing like 90% without any effort at all, other than just here's how we really are doing it. Here's how our performance really is. Because everyone had a sense that they were, the employees had a sense that they were doing it better. The business owner, of course, had a sense they were doing it worse. Once they established what their baseline performance was, performance went up without even doing anything different. Just awareness changed the performance. All right. So tons of reasons, tons of benefits to measure a baseline starting performance on anything we want to improve. We don't do that. We don't get buy-in. We don't get participation. We don't get people who want to do the right thing when nobody's looking. We don't get a sense of progress, like all those things, right? Second thing is, we got to, we, we, uh, let's talk about this. The second one, which is not uh, figuring out what a problem is costing us. If we don't know what a particular problem costs us, be it accident related, you know, accident prevention related, sales related, customer employee retention related, customer service related, whatever it is, how can we possibly know what a quote unquote good spend would be to fix it if we don't know what it's costing us. And of course, the shorter answer is we won't. So when we don't know, we're very likely to not commit enough resources in time, money, or energy to fix it. If we have an employee retention problem, for example, we don't know how much it's costing us. How much is a quote unquote proper or reasonable amount to spend fixing an employee retention problem? Is it $1,500? Is it 10000 Is it 50000 As I'm sure you can guess, it will almost always be the lowest investment possible or lowest investment we think is reasonable or appropriate or how much we think will work of money, time, or energy. It's always going to be the lowest amount if we don't ever quantify what this thing is really costing us. So if our employee retention problem is costing us $75,000 a year, which by the way, if you're losing between one and three you know, good employees per year, that's, that's a conservative estimate. 75 grand a year to lose three 
good revenue producing employees is a wild understatement. So let's say it's costing $75,000 a year. Is $1,500 a reasonable amount to spend fixing our retention problem? No, <laughs> that's not even close. If we don't spend the appropriate amount of time or, or money or energy to fix a problem, of course, it's considerably less likely we're actually going to fix it. So to know what the appropriate amount is, though, we have to know how much the problem is costing us. And every single problem we have costs either money or time. And if it's costing time, it's costing money. Time is costing us money through loss of efficiency, loss of performance, whatever. So we have to know for anything we want to fix, like the, the, the guy with the, the example of the, of the second estimate, it was costing him time because somebody had to go back in and, and redo these estimates. It was just, it was cost, their close rate went down because of it. How fast they got paid went down because of it. And it was a, it was a problem and it costs X amount of dollars. It, let's say it only costs the, the money in labor for the person to have to do the follow-up. Okay. That's a $20,000 problem then. Is it worth investing 10%, $2,000 to fix it? Yeah. In many cases, yeah. 10% is a pretty good ROI. If I, if I'm going to give you $10 and get back a hundred, that's a pretty good ROI. And I think, you know, a, a marketing kind of approach on all these things is a good baseline. You know, most of us would expect to get somewhere between, you know, uh, six and 12 times our investment back on marketing. All right. If, if you're, you know, some industries are paying 15% of revenue on marketing. Okay. That's about a six times return. Some only have to spend uh seven and a half percent. That's like a 12, 12% or 12 times return. That's a, that's a decent range. So let's say it's 10 X. If you just like, Hey, if I can get a 10 X ROI consistently, that's good. If my problem of employee retention has cost me $75,000 a year, then a good spend, quote unquote, good spend would be 7,500 bucks. Now that doesn't mean I pay, I write a check for 7,500 bucks. That means I need to invest $7,500 maybe in getting my leadership team together or uh, other critical employees together. Like brainstorm, like what the heck is causing our problem here? That meeting costs money. That meeting might cost $1,000 for an hour or it might cost $2,000 for an hour. Okay. Still well within my $7,500 and what it should cost me to solve that, what, what a good spend would be to fix this problem. So this is a, a, a thing I've seen again where people, where they, where they understand how much the problem costs. They can then understand what a reasonable, appropriate solution should cost. If there's no baseline understanding of what the thing costs, there can be no baseline understanding what a proper or appropriate fix would be, in which case I have yet to see a business owner overshoot how much they should spend on solving a problem. It's always on the bottom. It's always, we, we're going to undershoot it. We're, we're going we're to spend just into how much we think we should spend to solve this problem. I want to spend the least to get the most. It's that calculation every single time. More than a minute. First, let me take a moment to tell you, anytime you're looking for my content, all you have to do is search for service industry success. If you're looking for my book on Amazon, search for service industry success. If you're looking for my Facebook page, service industry success. If you're looking for my LinkedIn page, my Rumble channel, service industry success. Same with the YouTube channel. And of course, my website is serviceindustrysuccess.com. It doesn't matter what platform you're looking, you type it. If you can't go to the you know a URL, like Facebook is, is you know, uh, facebook.com slash service industry success. If you don't, if you don't remember that, all you gotta do is type in service industry success in the search bar and uh, my stuff should pop right up for you. So, okay. First thing is if we have a problem we want to fix, we got to measure our starting performance. We have to have a baseline starting performance that everyone can see. Here is how we are doing. And because we want to know as we try things, are the things we're trying, are they making our performance better? Are they making it worse? If we don't even have that, 
we can have completely different perceptions on how these things are working. The employees might think they think these things are working really well, and the business owner thinks they're not, or vice versa. And we would not even have objective data to tell us if we're on the right track. I mean, what? A, how bad would that be if we were trying to solve a problem? We didn't measure our starting performance. We tried some things that made it worse, and we didn't know. Like, I can't imagine a, a worse outcome than that. That's that's horrendous. That'd be terrible. And we, we, we always think, well, we're going to have a sense of when we're making progress. We're going to have a sense when it's good enough. No, we're not. We're not. It's just not. It doesn't work that way. We're not ever going to think it's good enough. We are not ever going to think if we don't measure, it's good enough. We're not ever going to think we've gotten better enough for long periods of time. Yeah, again, if we went to 100% close rate, we would raise our prices. That's just how it works. So we need to measure our starting place performance on anything we want to improve. Second thing is we got to know the thing that I want to improve. What is it costing me? I want to fix this process. I want to improve this procedure. I got to solve this problem. What is this problem costing me? Because then I can assess what a, a reasonable and appropriate amount is to fix this problem. If I don't do that, again, we're batting a thousand here. We're always going to undershoot how much we think we should invest in time, money, and energy. And if we don't invest enough in the, to solving the problem, our likelihood we're going to solve it goes way down. All right. Don't forget, anytime you're looking for my content, just search for Service Industry Success. If you haven't yet, take a moment to subscribe or follow this podcast. And please, pretty please, sugar on top, share this podcast with a friend or colleague. All you do is copy that link, send it an email, send it a text message, send it on a, a DM and whatever platform you use on social media. Tons of ways that are uh, easy to, to send this. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please give us a rating review. That's how we tell um, our uh, our Apple folks and our Spotify folks that people care about this. Hopefully it's helping you. If it is helping you, you learned about this from somebody else for free. Please, all I'm asking is you just pass that along the same way you learned about it. Tell somebody else so they can get benefit from it as well. Nobody should have to learn this stuff the hard way. Not all the lessons the hard way. And we certainly shouldn't have to do it alone. This is one of the things we can do to help each other out. So we're not doing those two things. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. That's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week.